Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. Brian and I had some great conversations and getting to know him and what God has done in his life. Uh, just a little bit about him. He's married. Uh, he recently had a baby girl, right? I did, yeah. Uh, He actually did some missionary work over in Asia. Uh, he's actually getting ready to go to Ecuador uh, this summer, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, really excited there. And uh, also, as I mentioned, he's a Christian hip hop artist who loves to rap for Jesus. <laughs> and that. So, I don't know if he's got any. That, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. It's a great pleasure and honor to introduce our guest speaker, Brian Gonzalez. Thank you. Should I use this or the mic? You can use both. Okay. I don't think you can hear. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Kind of. Okay. I speak loud, too. That might be my Hispanic in me, but I do speak very loud. So I don't know if I do need the mic, actually. So one of the things I was looking at, uh, Pastor Mike over there, when I forget whose group it was up here, was doing this. I was like, I must be that old that I have no idea what that is. I thought someone was having a seizure up there doing this. I, I had no idea. And so that shows my age a little bit. But you know what? It's okay. Because I, what I saw tonight was everyone having, one, having fun. Is everyone having a good time tonight? Yeah. Great. Yeah, there you go. Who said church was boring, right? Oh, come on. Come on. Boomers. Boom. Oh. Boomers. <laughs> okay, it's that type of crowd. Okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> but... Um, First thing I want to do is I want to thank uh, Pastor Mike for bringing me here. Honestly, it's an honor and a privilege to speak in front of you guys. Um, I know as I've, I have a lot of pastor friends, and just bringing anyone in, I know the pastors go into a lot of time of prayer, seeking wisdom. And so I just want to thank you, Pastor Mike, for allowing me to come speak in front of the youth. Like, uh, like he said, that we met in Sioka when we were selling cars, and we just got to, we clicked. And, just saw, and God saw something in there, and then from there on out, here I am. Uh, one of the things I did want to do uh, before I start, before prayer was that um, the one thing you guys are doing with uh, supporting the children in the school who, who are not able to buy lunch for them, uh, lunch for themselves and they have it free, I really, I commend you, each of you for doing that, honestly, for blessing that time because it hits home to me because that's where I was. I was that, I was that kid that, um, it, it, it's, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, when I was growing up, my family, had, my family had a good amount of money until one day uh, we lost everything. We lost everything, we became homeless. Uh, thanks be to God, though, my father, who is, he's actually with us, Pastor Jamie Gonzalez. He is, um, yep, go ahead. Honestly, by the grace of God and my father, who humbled himself in front of God and um, just asked the Lord to teach him, to trust in him, we got out of it. We got out, the Lord blessed us tremendously, taught us so much in that time. But honestly, it was through my, both of my parents and my father as well, keeping the faith in Christ, even though they, we saw that there was no faith. I thought there was times, well, when am I going to eat? When is this going to happen? But my father never, never left his faith, and he kept on. And here I am to you today, fat, full, and ready to go. <laughs> so I just want to commend my father for that, very much so for him doing that. And just commend each one of you for giving to that. Really, honestly, it helps. It really does. Like, I, just, I, just, I really want to say thank you. Thank you for each one of you who are giving towards that. But, so before we begin, we're going to pray. So everyone can bow your heads really quick. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, just thank you that you are a good, good Father, Lord. That God, that your grace and mercy pours down on us daily, though we don't deserve it, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as I bring your word today, Lord, that you would open up our ears. And you would open up um, our, list, our, our mind to listen, Lord Jesus, to what you're speaking tonight, Lord. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do, Father. And I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. 
So like Pastor Mike was saying, I was, um, I was a missionary first and foremost to Asia. I was a missionary for a couple of years there, and I saw, and probably a lot of people see what's happening over there around in China with the coronavirus and stuff like that. I actually did a lot of my work in, that, in those areas. Don't worry, I haven't been there in a while. I haven't been there since 2017, so you don't have to worry about like, oh man, Pastor Mike brought a weirdo here who has the coronavirus. No, I don't have the coronavirus. I'm good. But, <laughs> but I, I learned a lot through that time of just learning how to trust in the Lord. And even I met my wife through there. I, I met my wife doing mission work. And now, we, like you say, hey, we have a little baby girl. Her name is Juliana Grace. She's three months old, the cutest baby in the world. I know every, every parent is towards their own kid, but I, I got to say, I have a beautiful baby. I love my daughter so much. And so they, they couldn't be here with us tonight because actually my daughter's going through a phase where she doesn't like to sleep. And so with that, my wife and I don't sleep. And so I'm working on three hours of sleep right now. And so, but God is good. And my wife decided to stay home. Um, but because of that, I'm able to do what I'm, what God has called me to do today. And so Pastor Mike was telling me a little bit about the study that you guys are doing in Mark. So today, we're going to be reading from Mark 2, 1 through 12. So let me go ahead. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. All right. And I'm very interactive. I'm a very interactive person, so I might ask some questions. Or I might say, if you have your Bibles and you have the verse, say amen. Have you guys ever been to a church that's be like, if you have this, say amen. So I'm going to say, have you guys found the book? Say amen. 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 A little bit louder. Have you guys found the book? Say amen. Like Pastor Mike said, I'm a rapper as well, so I might spit a little bit something for you guys a little bit later, but I, I, need, to, I need to know you guys are with me on this. Is everyone with me? Amen. I got everyone? Awesome. I love it. All right. So we're going to start at verse 1. All right. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing, him to, uh, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Uh, who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say the par- to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. So that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Now, I don't know about you guys. I think when I I, uh, studied on this verse, I looked at how the, you know, the scribes were talking to themselves. Like, man, this dude, Jesus is weird. Who is he to say that sins are forgiven? Like, who, who does this guy think he is? And Jesus, being the gangster God that he is, he was just like, okay, so which one is easier to say? Okay, you know what? Take up your bed and walk. And the guys are like, they're probably, they're probably in the face like, oh man, I, I just, oh, what did I just say? What did I just do? But that's, that's who Jesus is. He's a gentle heart. He rebukes and he still welcomes people in. And I think that's what's so amazing of who God is. So my theme for today <clears throat> is something that I learned when I was in China. When, when I was over in China, I did a lot of times, we did a lot of prayer. 
So I pray, we prayed every single day. Sometimes we pray a couple hours a day just because just we want to see God do something great. We want to see God move in such miraculous ways. So we took that time behind closed doors and we prayed. And then so one of my leaders at the time, he was like, guys, I want to tell you this. For all the prayer that you did, it doesn't go unnoticed. Because no one knows how many times we prayed. I could stand up for you and say, I prayed a thousand hours. I could be lying. <laughs> no one knows. The only people that know are myself and God. And so he was saying that you got to realize something. Persistent prayer changes things. Not a little bit of prayer. Not just a one-two prayer. Persistent prayer changes things. And so that stuck with me. And I started thinking to myself, wow, you know what? Persistent. Being persistent in a way where you don't let up. You just keep on going. So then I thought to myself, when I was reading this, the four men stuck out to me the biggest. I was like, you know what? They were persistent because they wanted Jesus to heal this man. They were persistent. So my topic for today is persistence brings change. Let me say it again. My topic is persistence brings change. Because the four men knew that there was something special about Jesus. They knew that if they would continue to go, they would find something that they didn't find before with anyone else. So they were persistent and they weren't going to leave until they got that change. And what happened? They got it. But not because, uh, what, what would happen if, let's say that they were chilling outside, they saw the people, ah, you know what, maybe it's not a good time, Everyone, all the crowds around, I don't really feel like going, I'm, I'm going to head out. No, 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 no. Because then God wouldn't have blessed that. Jesus blessed the person that came in and looking for him. Not the other way around. He blessed the persistence in those four men. So that's what it truly means to be Persistence. So, like I said, I'm a very interactive person, and so I'm going to ask a question, and I want you guys to answer, and if not, I'm going to awkwardly stare at you until you answer. You don't want that. <laughs> I can be very awkward. My wife says it all the time. I'm a very awkward person sometimes. I just want to, I just stare. Okay. All right. And so, I want to ask this question. A couple of people can answer. Uh, please raise your hand so that no one's talking over each other. If you, uh, when you look at these verses, what sticks out to you from everything I just read? Yeah. Yeah. He said deuces. Peace out right out of there, right? That's powerful. Hmm? Mm hmm. Yeah. So simple. Sins are forgiven. Next. It's like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Yes, that's awesome. He did. He did just because to show who he was. That's awesome. Anyone else? Pastor Mike, what did you get from those verses? I like being interactive with the pastor as well. By the way, <laughs> he's like, I'm never bringing this guy back ever. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's something that I've been honing in over the last couple of weeks is in the beginning where he says he was preaching the word to them. Mm. Consistently, you're talking about consistent prayer, consistently preaching the word to others about that. Yes. How persistent was Jesus in everything that he did? He was so persistent. And then when he was done, he kept going. He didn't just stop there. He's like, oh, heal this person, guys. It's time to go home. Let's have some dinner. Let's go to, you know, TGI Fridays, Popeyes, you know. Nah. <laughs> he, he wasn't like that. He kept on going because he knew that there was a purpose. He knew there was a plan. He knew that if he did not keep on going, people would not know who he was. He had to keep going. He had to be persistent in what he did. Now, me personally, when I see these verses, what sticks out to me 
is Jesus is at home and people are still coming over to see him, just to see him. He's at home right now. But people are coming from all over the place because they saw what he did. They heard of him. So they wanted to know who this Jesus was. So they kept coming to him. People seeing the miracles, hearing the truth, brings people together because the truth has an attraction to it. People are drawn to the truth. It's a weird attraction. It's like if you know in your heart, you know if someone's lying, you'd be like, man, I know you're talking out your butt. I was like, you, you know you lying about that. I just saw you like, those aren't brand new Jordans. I just saw you pick it up from the 99 cent store down the park. Like, no. But the truth, when you hear the truth, you're drawn to it. Like, you know what? I want to I go in deeper with that. I don't know. There's something about that that I want to know more about. <clears throat> People are drawn to him. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to them, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to say that again. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not I am the way, not the truth. Eh, I might be the life. Eh, who knows? No, he's all three. And no one goes to the Father except through him. That means that Jesus is the only way. It is that truth that we can rest knowing that he is the only way. Another thing that sticks out to me in these verses is what the men did because they wanted to see a healing, guys. It wasn't even the paralytic. No, it was the four men that wanted to see that healing in that man. That's what's crazy about that, that faith that they were looking for. There's a pastor out there called uh, Pastor Mike Todd. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of him. He actually does a series called Crazy Faith. And it's like 24 parts. It's, it's a lot. It's like an hour each part, 24 parts. He has crazy stuff like hazy faith, blazy faith, igniting faith, uh, chicken nugget faith. Like he has all the type of faiths. Not the chicken nugget. But he has all types of faiths that he talks about there. But in one part, he talks about this verse specifically. When he talked about this topic, he focused on the faith of those who went this distance trying to get that man healed. I think that's very powerful, guys, if you look at it in the way of the man couldn't do anything himself. And so he had the four that were persistently trying to get to see him healed. I have everything, if you guys see, the people that you surround yourself with are the people that are going to either bring you up or bring you down. That's truth. Because those men didn't want to see him sit down. No, no, those men didn't want him to stay there. Those men wanted to see him up, walking, running, and healed. Those are people that you want to surround yourself with. Not people who want to leave you there like that paralytic. You don't want people pushing you down. You want people elevating you. In verse 5, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now if you look at it first, if you look at it this way, at first he did not heal the man. Jesus could have healed him right away. He's Jesus. He could have been like, you're healed. Okay, next one. No, no, no. He first said, Son, your sins are forgiven. See, there had to be an inner healing before there was an outer healing. Jesus needed to have that inner first. He's like, no, no, no. Before all this, before anything's fixed on the outside, I need to get what's inside first. Because that's what matters. Inside. Not the outside. I mean, you know, back in the day, I used to play a lot of soccer. I played basketball. And I was just like, sometimes I would get hurt. And I'd be like, ah, man, you know. Ah, it's hurt, but my attitude never changed. Every single time I was with the team, I was always encouraging them. I was always with them. And then when I was able to play, I played, but then I was injured. Okay, I couldn't play anymore, but I'd still be there for my team. It's the same way. In my inner, I was was fine. My outside was busted up, but my inside, I knew I had to be there for my team, encouraging my team, 
being there. Always. That's the same way. Jesus wants the inside fixed first before the outside. I even feel some people today might be looking for an outer healing, but no, no, the first thing you have to be looking for is an inner healing. That's the first thing you have to be searching for, inner healing. There might be hurts from your past or what you are going through right now where you want that healing, but you're too afraid to pray. Mm. I know I felt it. I've been there. You're too afraid to ask. You feel like that you're too young. No one listens to you. Man, I don't need this Jesus stuff. You know, I, I, it's, life is hard for me. You know, I, you don't understand. You know, I just, I can't talk to anyone about this. But how many people know that is a lie? That the one person you can talk to is the one person you're pushing away. Even when people don't understand, God understands. He does. That's why Jesus came and walked like us. Because he wanted us to understand that he knows where we're coming from. He was human just like us. He was tempted just like us. He went through hardships just like us. So if anyone knows what you're going through, it's Jesus. He knows. Don't let that lie in your head say, I can't reach out for help. Because Jesus has been reaching out this whole time for you. He's been reaching. Jesus saw the faith of the four men and told the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. So when it wasn't even the faith of the four men who needed healing. It was the faith of the group that brought forgiveness. That's why it's so important to have the right people around you, like I was saying. Friends, to encourage you. Because 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. I'm going to say that again. Do not be deceived. This is 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So you could be the best person in the world, the kindest person. You're that person to always sit next to someone who's alone in the lunchtime or someone even to give a coat to someone else who doesn't have anything. If you surround yourself around toxic people, you're going to bring toxic. It's going to happen because that's what you're around all the time. That's what happened to me personally. When I was in high school, I, was, I wanted to be all about Jesus. You know, man, I feel like it was so long ago. I really wasn't. It was like 10 years ago. Man. But, you know, it's... Um, I feel like it's so much longer. It's really not. It's only 10 years. I have the people in the back are just like, man, it's been like 40 years for me. I'm like, <laughs> my father mainly. Actually, 50 years. No, no I'm sorry. Let me stop. So, <laughs> so, but even, even when I was in high school, I didn't surround myself with the right group of people. I didn't. So I started going down the wrong path. I'll be honest with you guys. I started going down the path that some people should never go, go down. Drugs, lying, stealing. Messing around, like oh, every single thing that you can think of, I probably did. And, but I wanted Jesus, but why wasn't I getting to Jesus? I surrounded myself with the people that wouldn't let me get there. They put lies in my head saying, that, oh, you don't need that God stuff. You can put that to the side. Come hang out with us. Come on, let's go party. Let's go do this and that. And I listened to them. I was like, yeah, man, I want to be cool. I want to be hip. But then at the end of the day, who was I destroying? Myself. They didn't, it didn't, didn't matter to them. They were just, they were just along for the ride. I didn't even, it, the sad thing is, I didn't even talk to more than half the people I was friends with in high school. I surrounded myself with the wrong people. It took me into a pit where I thought I would never get out of. Honestly, I thought I was never going to get out of it. And even sometimes I thought about committing suicide because of how deep I was. Let's be real here. There was times I felt that way. But how many people know that Jesus never gives up? That he continues to go forward. 
No matter how many times that we screw up, no matter how many times we dug a hole saying, God, I'm, I'm not good enough. God, why? And he stops us right there. He said, no, not another word. You are my son. You are my daughter. I died for you. I love you. Come back to me. Amen. Doesn't matter where you're at. I never thought I'd get a second chance at life. I didn't. But now I have a beautiful wife, a beautiful baby girl. I love Jesus with all my heart. I just want to see people know him. That's my whole heart. I want to see nations change for him because he changed me. And if he can change this wretched man, he can change each and every single one of you. That's who God is. A love known like no other. I'm not trying to sit up here and preach to you a poppy gospel. I'm up here preaching you the truth. The real gospel. That's what you need to hear. You need to hear about the love that Jesus came down. He left his throne. Throne up there, the king. He left it to come down and die for you and me because he thought that you were worth it. While the devil tries to tell you that you're trash, he said, no, 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 you're my precious children. That's who you are. Don't care what anyone says. Whoever's speaking negative over you, whoever's speaking death over you, you can speak life and say, no, 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 I am the son and daughter of the almighty king. That's who I am. No matter who calls you crazy, no matter what anything happens to you, you can rest knowing that Jesus has your back. I hope I'm talking to some people today because honestly, I feel the Lord is really in this place and he's speaking, saying that my children, I love you. If you can take anything from what I say today, know this, that God loves you. No matter where you're at in life, he loves you. He does. You know, the second part also gets me too when it talks about how the Pharisees doubted who he was. So that's verses 6 through 7, I believe. Let me go ahead and go back to this. Uh, 6 through 7. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Guys, if you read the whole New Testament, see over and over again how Jesus had to continually try to prove himself in front of these Pharisees. They always doubted him. They're always after him. But Jesus always came back and he proved every single time who he was. Without a doubt. He didn't need to do it for their approval. God doesn't need our approval. But he did it because he wanted to show the truth. He wanted to show them something different that they couldn't see. You can have all the knowledge in this world and still don't know truth. That's real. You can have all the knowledge in this world and still not know the truth. And that's, that's how the Pharisees were. They didn't get it. They couldn't see it because they were stuck in their own ways. And can you imagine being Jesus, doing all these miracles, healing people, speaking life that people still don't believe? Calling you a liar? Saying it's impossible? Does that sound familiar? Have we done that sometimes in our lives? I know I have. I know I've, there's been plenty of times where I've seen something traumatic in my life. And I ask God, are you real? Are you even there? What's going on? And I don't hear anything from him. I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's not real. But, <laughs> my God. How many people know that God still comes in the times where it's needed the most? He comes in those times when we don't even expect it. Still showing, hey, listen, I was there the whole time. Even if you weren't hearing me, even if you didn't see me, I was right there with you. All you have to do is have faith. Bible says the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move that mountain. That's big faith. And you ever, have you ever seen a mustard seed? I wish I had my, my Bible I got in China my first time. It has a mustard seed. And I never forget, I tape that mustard seed onto my Bible. It's like... Really small. 
You think, oh, yeah, he's talking about mustard seed. He's probably talking about something huge, like a walnut or something, like something like, no. It's small. And God says, if you have faith that small, you can move that mountain. That's crazy that we don't even have that faith. Something so small. But that's why Jesus wants us to have that faith, because he wants us to move. He wants us to see more, guys. He does. His grace is amazing, isn't it? His mercy is amazing, isn't it? Knowing that no matter how many times we screw up, we can run back to daddy. I know that, at least personally for me, growing up, I don't want you guys to look at my father any differently. I don't. <laughs> <And so laughs> yeah. Growing up, my, my father wasn't fully with the Lord, so there were some times when I was in trouble, I didn't want to go to my father because I was afraid of what my father might do. And so, but as I got older, as I started to see the grace of the Lord through my father, I started to see a different perspective. That even when I screwed up, I thought, oh man, I'm going to get hit. I'm, something's going to happen. And I was so afraid. And I just felt a, a hug. I felt a hug from my father, this father. He's like, it's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, you're not going to hit me? This is, this is not a joke? And I was like, am I, am I going like, to get by this? And he has the belt right there ready to whip? No. <laughs> When I felt that real true love for my father, I can't imagine, and my father being human that he is with the flaws that we have, how much more God loves us. And he's waiting to hug us and say, son, daughter, it's okay. It's all right. No, God, no, I don't want you to hurt me. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do it. Yes, God is grace and judgment. He's both. But his grace triumphs over his judgment. That's first is his grace. I don't want to see his judgment. So God said, no, it's okay. Because I'm giving you my grace first. That's what I want you to have first. I don't want this judgment for you. No. But because God's a just God, he has to place his judgment. But he's like, no, no, no. Before you get here, I want you here first. That's where we should be. Right there. And the Bible talks about when we're in his hands, no one can pluck us out. Nobody. So when we're in his hands, guys, don't look to get out. We are safe in there. So, let me see where I am. I went all over the place. So he's still there with grace. But if you see how Jesus responds with authority, he not only says which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. Then after, he looks at the man laying down and tells him to get up and walk. That's authority. I forget who said over here was talking about the authority. But that's real authority, guys. Jesus was showing him, hey, listen, guys, I know you guys, you guys are the scribes. You guys are the wisest men, but don't forget who I am. Don't forget where your knowledge comes from. I'm still me. I'm still God. And God showed that. <clears throat> the moment that we start to limit what God can do in your life is the moment that you have already admitted defeat. Let me say that again. The moment that we start to limit what God can do in your life is the moment that you already admitted defeat. Guys, let's not admit defeat, but proclaim victory over our lives because God is risen. God is alive. He died for you. He thought you were worth his blood. How deep is that message? If you think about it, you know, everyone, you know, everyone talks about, you know, the Sunday school verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, they gave his only son for he who believes in him shall not power. You know, everyone's taught about the cross. 
And she's like, oh yeah, God conquered the cross, yay. Do you guys know how bad that was to be crucified on a cross? In history, there's nothing that comes close to that torment. That is the worst way to die, is the cross. So why did Jesus choose that? He could have chose any other way to die. If he wanted to, he could have hopped off that cross if he wanted to. He could be like, see ya, pop. Like in Fortnite, you build some walls, you build some stairs, and you want... I, I had to get something with Fortnite in there. <laughs> but you know, it's, he could have done all that. Even before that, he was hit with 39 lashes to his back. 33 or 39, it was one of the two. But he was hit with those lashes on his back as well, and then he went to the cross and he died that death. And even in that time, when he was dying, he didn't leave. He stood there and thought of each and every single one of you while he was on there. I said, no, through all pain, through the suffering, I will die for my people so that my people can know who I am through his blood. How many people, how many one of you can say that you would die for a stranger like me? Just met me. Would you get on the cross and die for me? No, right? I wouldn't die for me either. Shoot. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But that's why Jesus did it. Because he knew no one else would. And he knew that that was the only way to bridge that connection with God again. That was broken. How, how much of a deep message is that? If you guys ever look at John 3.16, don't just read it like any other time. Read it. Read it from your heart. Meditate on that verse. And see what Jesus truly did for us. See what God truly did for us. He gave His only Son to die so that we can have eternal life. Now that's a God worth going after. No other religion says what Christianity talks about. Every single religion is, oh, do good things. Do good things. Do this and that. Christ says it's not good, not one. That's why I had to come for you. No other God. Only Jesus. He said, I had to come for my people. I had to die. So they can live with me in eternity. That's an amazing message, guys. That's a deep message. Nothing anyone can preach can come close to what Jesus preached when he was on that cross. My God. I hope you guys are receiving what I'm talking about today. I hope you guys are understanding the truth in that. And then at the end, it says everyone was amazed and glorified God, saying they never saw anything like that. It's that amazing, right? Seeing that man healed. And then what does the Bible say a little bit later? It says that Jesus said, Greater things you will do in my name. So if Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, rebuked the demons out, how much more can we do in his name? Guys, we've got to stop limiting God. Not because you're aged, not because of who you are, not be- anything like that. Don't limit yourself. Pray for people. Speak truth to people. And even if they hate you, love on them. Just love. I've never seen a battle when, anger, when love comes against anger, that anger continues to go. Never. You come into love, they'll be like, it's like someone's about to fight you. Like, man, I'm so sick and tired. You're like, man, I love you in Jesus' name. They're like, what? Did you just say you <laughs> What's with this guy? And he's just like, yeah, man. I love you, Jesus. They're not going to punch you at that point. Who's going to punch you at that point? They're like, uh, okay, cool, great. But it opens up a way that love conquers over everything. God's love conquers over every single thing that comes in this world. God says without love, you know nothing. 
That's why God calls us to love people and to love ourselves. Through Him. I know that there might be even people in here looking for a miracle today. It could be just as simple as saying, God has forgiven your sins. could be such a simple thing like that. But let me ask you this. Do you truly know Him? Do you truly know Jesus? God wants you to know Him. He does. And this is not just a preacher telling up, up here trying to speak a message like that. God wants to know each and every single one of you. And He wants you to know Him. He wants to. But it's up to us to open up our hearts to Him. Letting Him in. As simple as Jesus. I want to know you more. And Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If, any, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will, come into, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So what's God saying? He's right here, knocking. That's all he's doing. He's waiting at the door. It's up to us to either let, let him freeze outside <laughs> or to let him in. So he can have a feast with us. Now guys, the whole, the whole concept of persistence changes things. You have to see that we have to be persistent in life. Persistent in prayer. Persistent in knowing and reading who Jesus is. Persistent in love. Persistent in Him. Persistence in Him. So, can persistence change things? Being persistent change things, guys. Can it? I want you to believe it. I don't want you to just say yes because oh, man, if, you, if I don't say yes, he's going to call me up and he's going to... No, no. I want you guys to believe that persistency can change things. It's changed my life. I know it can change your life. And so, I want to say thank you, you guys, for letting me come up here and speak to you, each and every single one of you. Um, I appreciate all the attention that you've given to me. You know, I've been looking around and I really haven't lost contact with anybody. And I appreciate that because sometimes my wife tells me my voice puts people to sleep. So I'm glad I did today. <laughs> and so now before I get off the stage and hand it over back to Pastor Mike, I want to know if you guys want to hear rap from me. You don't have to. Yeah. If you want, okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I hope I have enough voice. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to do a B. I'm going to do an acapella for you. Okay. You hear the stampede coming in, all elephants, spitting lukewarm bosses, so irrelevant, filled with the excellence, perfect, out of nigh for the parable spoke, his glory magnifies, I'm here to spread the good news on a burnt society, limitation doesn't revolve the king, so follow the hypocrisy is absentee in this ministry, chanting a party, let's get out of here with Yahtzee, serving up the sauruses, falsifying the horuses, bonding through the choruses, harder tyrannosauruses. Jesus came to break the rust, build back the pending trust, combust the fire, breathing in, sick of blowing angel dust, enough's enough, I'm sick of trash, light and dark, titans clash, no more pass them over that, speaking spirit over cash, now it's time to eat the rhyme, let your body grow the vine, a new design, fresh like pie, not connect the bloodline, God bless you guys. That's my... We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search MSTAR Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.